Wow. Y'all good? Everybody feeling good? Cool. My boy, my boy Pablo is gonna gonna hang out with me here for a few minutes, but um, I love Pablo. He's awesome. But you know, I just want to be be real with you tonight from the start, um, and let you know that as the older I've gotten in life, which I, I understand I'm not like super super old, but the older I've gotten, I've realized that I've become more skilled, more talented, more gifted, more creative when it comes to to smack talking. To, to trash talking. And I, I understand this isn't like something to brag about. This is not like a, a good thing. This isn't something that you want to improve, improve upon as you get older in life, but it's just true. In fact, a couple weekends ago, I was hanging out with my nieces and nephews, and I'm with my three-year-old nephew and like my four-and-a-half-year-old niece. And they're like, hey, Uncle Matt, like, let's, let's play tag. And I'm like, guys, this, there's not enough room in here. Like, I'm trying to logic with three- and four-year-olds. I'm like, there's not enough space for tag. Like, you need an area that at least is like 30 by 30, and this is not that. And they're like, Uncle Matt, let's just play. Who cares? Who cares? We don't care. You know, let's just play. And I'm like, okay, fine, we'll play. So we started playing tag, and at first, like, I'm, you know, like letting them get me. And I'm like, oh, they got me. But then they're like, they're smack-talking me. They're like, we got you. You're so slow. How old are you? You know, and I'm like, Okay, okay, you want to play this game? So then I start, like, juking a little bit, right? And I'm like, ooh, I still got it. So now I'm like, oh, oh, so, oh, button, oh, whatever it is, I'm mad. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, they're literally falling. Like, William, my nephew, like, I'm like, ooh, broke your ankles. Don't jump, boy. Like, stay down. And I'm like, Ann, like, get this on my mixtape because I still could be a grad student walk-on somewhere next year. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. But this is ridiculous, right? Like, I'm smack-talking my three-year-old nephew and my four-and-a-half-year-old Nice, but then I think about it, and I'm playing in a men's basketball league. Um, the league's over because we want one in six this season, but talk about that another night. But I'm clearly outside of my prime when it comes to, to playing basketball, but there are moments where, like, I'll hit a three, moments, not, not a lot, but there's moments where I'll hit, like, a three, and, like, I'm running down the court, and I'm like, oh, uh, you know. Um, I think I saw a GSU Hooper in here, by the way, Jordan, Jordan, JT. What's up, man? By the way, great season. Get up for GSU basketball. What's up? Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. So I don't even know if I did that right, but is that right? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I don't hit a lot of threes, clearly. But anyways, and I'm like smack talking them, and then I think about it, and even with board games, I've become really good at smack talking when I'm playing a board game. Example, three nights ago, I'm playing my wife, Ann, in Uno, Okay. And I'm down to Uno, my final card, all right? And I have a wild card in my hand, which means I know the only way she can beat me or come back is if she has a draw four or a draw two or something that's going to make me draw. If she lays down just a normal card, it's over, game over. She lays down a normal blue card, and I'm like, oh, come on. I lay it down. I win the game. She's like, and she knows exactly what's coming. Like, I act chill. I'm like, it's no big deal. And then I'm like, oh, Uno champ, Uno champ, Uno champ, you champ. You know, like, whatever. I'm smack talking her. And she's like, are you serious? Like, you do this every single time. And, and I've become really good at trash talking. And some of you are laughing because you, you can relate. You're like, that's me as well. Yeah. But what happens when the script gets flipped? Like, what happens when you're the one that's losing? When you're the one that's in a difficult circumstance, when you're the one that is about to be defeated, then, then it, doesn't, it doesn't feel so good. In fact, I think back to when I was in high school. I played basketball in high school, and I remember almost every single time we would play on the road, like at an opponent's gym, if we were, were losing late in the game. So if it was like the fourth quarter and we were losing, the opposing team's student section would almost always chant the same chant, and it went something like this. It's all over. 
it's all over. That was, that was your part. That was your part. Anyways, so they would do that, it's all over. And I remember in those moments, like, I would want to shout back and be like, no, it's not. It's not over. I would want to do something that would change the outcome. But then I would look up at the scoreboard, and I'd be like, it's the fourth quarter, and we're down by 18 points. And my only response would be like, it is over. You are right. You know, I don't know. But, like, that's just how you feel. And here's what I know to be true. In a room this size, there are many of you that are feeling that tonight. There are many of you that are hearing those words tonight. Not just tonight. You've been hearing those words for a long, long time. It's all over. And maybe it's when it comes to your future, your future hopes and dreams. You're hearing it's all over. Maybe when it comes to the the unity of your family. Maybe when it comes to your confidence, your courage, it's all over. Your identity, your self-worth, your faith, your reputation. And that's all you're hearing right now. It's all over, over and over again in your mind. So what, what do you do? What do you do when you're in those moments in life where it feels like it's all over and there's nothing that you can do about it? There's nothing you can do to change it. Well, the good news is tonight is that this isn't the first time in in history that that people have felt this way. In fact, we're approaching a week. We're we're beginning a week tonight that is Easter week. And this Friday is a day that's known as Good Friday. But over 2,000 years ago, when this day actually took place, it was anything but good. It It was the complete opposite. It was a terrible day. It was the day that Jesus, a man who lived a perfect, sinless life, it was the day that he was crucified on a cross. He was murdered in the worst way imaginable. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, he writes, he writes this in Matthew chapter 27. He says this, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. So he records that when Jesus had took his final breath, when he had finally given up his spirit, and you can imagine in that moment, Jesus is closest friends, his followers, his family, you can imagine what they must have been feeling. They must have been feeling it's all over. Hope is lost. Our our purpose is is gone. We we have no future. We have no peace. We, We don't know what to do. It's all over. But the story continues, and just a little bit later in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 1, it says, after the Sabbath, at dawn of the, on the first day of the week. So this is three days later. So early in the morning on the third day on Sunday. It said Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. So I could imagine it was a really long two days after Jesus was crucified. The next 48 hours had to be just absolutely gruesome. And they're thinking, what, what are we going to do? I'm sure they weren't sleeping a lot. I'm sure they were pacing. I'm sure they were like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't even know how we, how we move forward in life. It's all over. And then the third day comes, and it's early in the morning on Sunday, and these two women, they're, they're just like, let's just walk back to the tomb and go look one more time. Like, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe this was all a dream. Let's just go back. Let's just go back and take a look. And so they go back to the tomb where Jesus is laying. And it says this in verse 2. It says, there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. So I'm reading this and I'm like, this is crazy. As these two women are approaching the tomb, there's this violent earthquake, like this crazy earthquake. 
And this angel of the Lord comes down and pushes back the stone, the stone that's in front of the tomb where Jesus is. And then the angel just posts up on it. Like he's just chilling at the SVP. He's like, what's up? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Y'all, y'all feel all right? And they're, I'm sure like, what in the world is happening? We keep going. Verse 4, it says this. His appearance was like lightning, speaking of the angel. And his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, I, I guess so, that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the woman, because he's like, I don't know what's going on with these dudes. Like, they're over here, like, shaking. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. They're falling to the ground like they're dead. But uh, forget about them. But I'm going to talk to you two women over here. So he comes to the women, which women are usually a little bit more calm in situations like this than guys. Guys, we just kind of, we don't know what to do. So anyway, let's talk about that another, another night. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. Do not be afraid. For I know who you're looking for. I know the way that you're feeling right now, that it's all over. He goes on to say, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. He isn't here. He's risen. He's alive, just as he said. Don't you remember how he said that that was what's going to happen? He's alive, just as he said. Come and see for yourself. The angel invites him. He says, come and see the place where he lay, he, he's risen, he's alive, just as he said. See, the stone was not removed so Jesus could come out, but so that we could come and see. And, and I don't know if you know this or not, but like the tomb is just as empty today as it will be on Easter Sunday. Like It's funny how one day a year we're like, he's risen, the tomb is empty, and it's like the next day you just go back to your life and you're like, oh man, I don't know, things seem hopeless, it's all over. And it's like, hey, the next day... This tomb is still empty. He is risen. Come and see. Come and see. And I love this because I can imagine that the women went and they looked and they're like, you're you're right. I, I don't know what happened, but this is unbelievable. He's risen. He's alive just as he said. And tonight, for many of you that are feeling like it's all over, I just wonder what could happen if you were willing to maybe just come and see. For a moment. I don't know where you're at in your faith. Maybe this is all brand new to you. Maybe you've been seeking for a while. Maybe you've been burnt by the church. But what if tonight you just gave it another shot? What if tonight you said, you know what, I'm just going to look to Jesus tonight. I'm not going to talk about the church and all those things. I'm just going to look at Jesus. Because I think tonight if you would come and see and if you would just take one glimpse at the fact that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is alive, I think you might start to hear what he has said. And I think it might might sound something like this. It's not over. I know it feels like it's over, but it's not over. And that chant might start building in your life that it's not over. It's not over. I know you feel like your hope is gone. I know you feel like you have no purpose. I know you feel like you have no peace. I know you feel like you've messed up time and time and time again. And some of you, maybe you're sitting in this room tonight and you're like, I don't even belong here. Well, I don't know why I'm here. But maybe the reason you're here is God wanted to remind you, the God who is crazy about you. There's nothing that you could ever do or say that would make God love you any more or less than he already does. His love is unconditional. And we can't fathom that. But maybe the reason that you're here tonight is because the Savior of the world is shouting out to you. It's not over. It's not over. 
If you're still breathing, God's still working. And he has a plan for your life. And he is pursuing you, saying, it's not over. Come and see. Come and see that the tomb is empty. And find your hope again. A full life starts at an empty tomb. When you see that the tomb is empty, it's there that you find full life. It's there that you find full joy, full hope, full purpose, full peace, full everything that you're looking for. is found there at the empty tomb. That Jesus is alive. And this is what we celebrate tonight. This is the reason we party every single Monday night. This is the reason that people raise their hands. Not because everything in life is perfect, but because a risen Savior has given us a reason to celebrate. That's good news. A risen Savior has given us a reason to celebrate. I don't know about for you, but for me, there's times I walk in this room and, and circumstances in my life don't look really good. I just got a bad health report. I, a friend lied to me and betrayed me like I've done some bad things I've sinned I've messed up I'm not perfect but yet when I come into the presence of God I think you know what my circumstances are terrible right now but I have a reason to celebrate and that doesn't minimize the pain of what you're walking through but still you have a reason to celebrate because there is a risen savior that gives you hope that goes beyond the grave so whatever you're walking through tonight, I just want to challenge you in these last final minutes. We're going to sing an amazing song called What a Beautiful Name, where we just lift high the name of Jesus. And wherever you're at tonight, I just want to challenge you to say, would you be willing, maybe for the first time ever, maybe for the first time in a long, long time, would you be willing just to glance and say, Jesus, if you're alive, step into my life tonight. Jesus, would you... Meet me where I am. I want to know you more. I want to love you more. So Jesus, tonight we thank you that you're with us, first and foremost. And God, I pray specifically for the person in the room tonight who feels like this isn't for them because they've disqualified themselves. There's no way you could still love them in spite of what they've done. But God, tonight... I could stand up here for the next hour and try to convince that person, but really it's just words. I pray tonight that they would look no further than the empty tomb and realize that the empty tomb is for them. You died for them. You rose for them. And tonight they can place their hope and trust in that. Lord, would you fill us tonight with fresh life, fresh breath. We love you so much, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. It's in your mighty, mighty name that we pray. Amen.